Good evening and welcome back to everybody's favorite movie-based podcast. This is An Evening at the Movies and I am your amazing, super amazing host, Casey. And this is the podcast where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down soda and discuss all of our favorite movies and why we love them. So, tonight, after an incredibly long break in between episodes, which I apologize for, January has not been a very favorable month for an evening at the movies, but we are going to finish up this month and possibly deliver one or two more episodes for you guys before we roll into the special episode next week. But tonight, we are going to continue into the world of the American Film Institute's top 100 movies of all time. And tonight, we are going to be discussing the number 60 movie on that list. What movie is that, do you say? Well, if you couldn't tell from the opening theme music, that's right. Tonight we are going to be discussing the amazingly classic Steven Spielberg movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, without further ado, why not get right the heck into it and get going? Raiders was released on June 12th, 1981. It was obviously directed by Steven Spielberg. It was released by Paramount Pictures. It had a budget of $20 million and had a box office in 1981 of $389.9 million, which by today's standards, translates to approximately $1.125 billion. So, yes, obviously one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Um, we're not going to go too into detail with... Um, the, ca- the cast is large, but we're going to hit the main six leading actors in the movie. Obviously, of course, the iconic Harrison Ford played Indiana Jones. Karen Allen played Marion Ravenwood. Paul Freeman played Rene Belloc. Uh, Ronald Lacey played Major Arnold Tort. John Reese davies played Sala. And Denholm Elliott played Marcus Barodi. So, unlike with the previous episode in the American Film Institute Top 100 series, um, for the next couple episodes, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the reasons why, um, well, some of the backstory to the next movie or two, just so you guys have a little bit of an understanding as to why this movie is what it is. Um, 
basically back in the early 1970s, uh, George Lucas conceived of the idea for Raiders with the intent to modernize the serial films of the early 20th century. In 1977, Lucas turned his attention to developing his space opera, Star Wars, and he shared his idea for Indiana Jones with Steven Spielberg, who immediately joined the project, and both ended up hiring Lawrence Kasdan to help fill in the narrative gaps that Lucas and Spielberg had created amongst themselves. Pre-release polling had Raiders garnering little favor from audiences as it was going head-to-head with the iconic Richard Donner movie, Superman 2. But upon release, it would become the top-grossing movie of the year, and would play in some theaters for well over a year. Which, back then, really wasn't saying a whole lot. Movies stayed in theaters for a significant period of time. Not like today, where they hit theaters, and they're out of theaters in no time at all, and then 45 days later are releasing to streaming services and DVDs and whatnot. Um, Raiders was nominated for seven Academy Awards and won five of those with the awards being Best Sound, Best Art Direction, Best Film Editing, Best Visual Effects, and it also won a special achievement in Sound Effects Editing for Ben Burt and Richard L. Anderson. As well, it also won seven Saturn Awards, which for those of you who don't know, Saturn Awards are designed to honor the best in sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. So the seven awards it won, the seven of those awards that it won, it won Best Director for Steven Spielberg, Best Actor for Harrison Ford, Best Actress for Karen Allen, Best Writing for Lawrence Kasdan, Best Music for John Williams, Best Fantasy Film, period, and Best Special Effects. As well as those Academy and Saturn Awards, it also won one British Academy of Film and Television Arts Award, otherwise known as a BAFTA for best production design and as well in 1999 it was selected by the library of congress for preservation in the national film registry in 1936 american archaeologist indiana jones recovers a golden idol from a booby-trapped peruvian temple Rival archaeologist Rene Belloc corners him and steals the idol. Jones escapes in a waiting seaplane. After returning to America, Jones is briefed by two Army intelligence agents that Nazi Germany 
forces are excavating at Tanis, Egypt, and one of their telegrams mentions Jones's old mentor, Abner Ravenwood. Jones deduces that the Nazis seek the Ark of the Covenant, which Adolf Hitler believes will make their army invincible. The agents recruit Jones to recover the Ark first. At a bar in Nepal, Jones reunites with Ravenwood's daughter, Marion, with whom Jones once had an illicit relationship and learns Ravenwood is dead. The bar is set ablaze during a scuffle <clears throat> with Gestapo agent Arnold Tot, who arrives to take a medallion from Marion. Tot attempts to recover the medallion from the flames, but only burns its image into his hand. Jones and Marion take the medallion and escape. Traveling to Cairo, the pair meet Jones's friend Sala. Sala reveals Belloc is assisting the Nazis, who have fashioned an incomplete replica medallion from the burns on Tot's hand. Nazi soldiers and mercenaries attack Jones and Marion, is seemingly killed. It's all right, back that up, reverse it. Nazi soldiers and mercenaries attack Jones, and Marion is seemingly killed, leaving Jones despondent. And Imam deciphers the medallion for Jones, revealing one side bears a warning against disturbing the Ark, and the other bears the correct measurements for the Staff of Ra, an item used to locate the Ark. Jones and Sala realize the Nazis are digging in the wrong location. They infiltrate the Nazi dig site and use the medallion and the correctly sized Staff of Ra to locate the Well of Souls, the Ark's resting place. They recover the Ark, a golden, intricately decorated chest, but Belloc and the Nazis discover them and seize it. Jones and Marion, whom Belloc has held captive, are sealed inside the well, but the pair escape and flee with a truck carrying the Ark. Alongside Marion, Jones arranges to transport the Ark to London aboard a tramp steamer. A German U-boat intercepts the steamer and seizes the Ark and Marion. Jones covertly boards the U-boat. The vessel travels to an island in the Aegean Sea where Belloc intends to test the powers of the Ark before presenting it to Hitler. On the island, Jones ambushes the Nazi group and threatens to destroy the Ark but surrenders after Belloc deduces that Jones would never destroy something so historically significant, also surmising that Jones wants to know if the Ark's power is real. The Nazis restrain Jones and Marion at the testing site as Belloc ceremonial, ceremonially opens the Ark and finds only sand inside. At Jones's instruction, he and Marion close their eyes and avoid looking at the opened Ark as it releases spirits, flames, and bolts of energy that kill Belloc, Tote, and the assembled Nazis before sealing itself shut. Jones and Marion open their eyes to find the area cleared of bodies and their bindings removed. Back in Washington, D.C., the United States government rewards Jones for securing the Ark. Despite Jones's insistence, the agents state only 
that the Ark has been moved to an undisclosed location for top men to study in a large warehouse. The Ark is crated up and stored among countless other crates. So, that is the meat and potatoes of the story of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, from the pursuit of the golden idol in the Peruvian temple to the race to escape, and then the race to escape from Belloc and the natives, to being commissioned to go after the Ark of the Covenant and the ups and downs of the chase. What a roller coaster ride of thrills and emotion. In my opinion, Harrison Ford delivers a career-defining performance as Indiana Jones. Not that his portrayal of Han Solo didn't already do that, but it's not often that an actor is gifted with two such iconic roles. Um, Yeah, honestly, I could probably only think of A couple and they would be you know actors like Stallone getting Rocky and Rambo or Schwarzenegger getting the Terminator and you know Conan or you know whatever but it it isn't very often that you see an actor get handed roles like this on a silver platter more than one time in their career. Um, Let's see, as well as the juggernaut that was Spielberg at this time in the late 70s, early 80s, um, the Spielberg-Lucas-Kasdan trifecta deliver an epic story that kicks off an amazing franchise, in my opinion, you can't go wrong with an Indiana Jones trilogy. Yes, I know what I said, and I meant that. For my taste, Raiders gets a 5 out of 5 bullwhips. I love the trilogy, and that will never change. Yes, I said trilogy. I'm not counting Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. But... um. Raiders, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade, in my opinion, are all three awesome movies. And I love them once and for all, always and forever. So, in the interest of trying to get you guys an episode because it has been so long and I've missed talking to you guys and having you guys here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up, sign, seal, and deliver it to you guys tonight. That way you guys can have it and be ready to listen in the morning. So with that said, uh, as always, I want to thank, send a big thank you out to all of the dozens for being here as long as you guys have been here. 
You guys are all incredibly loved and greatly appreciated. And yeah, I don't know where I would be with this podcast without you guys. So thank you guys for all being here. You are fucking amazing. So um, coming up in the next couple episodes of An Evening at the Movies, we have Thursday, um, everybody's favorite co-host, Miss Amanda, is going to be joining me and we will be discussing the iconic horror crime whatever the heck you want to call it, movie, Silence of the Lambs. Um, as well, there may be a possible surprise. I'm not 100% sure, so don't hold my feet to the fire on that one yet. But I possibly have something up my sleeve. Um... Amanda and I, yes, are still work trying to work on the technical issues that we had for the Psycho episode and the interview with Megan Kelly. And we do apologize greatly for taking so long to try and get this all straightened out. And as long as there's freaking air in my lungs, I'm going to get this figured out and I will get that episode delivered to you guys as well. Um, other than that, um, after this week, I'm basically going to be taking a few days off and one celebrating my 45th next week on the 7th as well as there's another big day coming up on February 10th that we have been discussing off and on for the last couple of months. And that is that February 10th will be our live anniversary episode. As of February 10th, an evening at the movies turns one year old. I, honest to God, didn't think I was ever going to get to this point. And I am excited to share that episode with you guys whether you join us live or catch us on the recording it will be an awesome episode i promise there are surprises there will be good times and everybody's favorite pod migos casey b queenie and gene will be discussing each of our two most impactful movies on our lives. So that should be a lot of fun. I look forward to hopefully having as many of you there as can be there. And like I said, if you can't, then you can always catch the recorded episode after it's published as well. So, with that said, I'm going to wrap this up by saying thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for listening to me ramble on about Indiana Jones and, well, Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
and I hope you guys all come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good night, guys.